morning. Um, it's good to see you all again, even though I can't actually see you obviously at the moment. Um, I'm Sarah. I'm one of the support leaders at Ebby, uh, and I'm welcoming you again from our living room. Um, this morning we're looking at using space like Jesus did, having that margin in our lives in the way that he did. So this is the last one in a series that we've done. This is number three. Um, we've already covered looking at taking up the easy yoke of Jesus, um, living life in the way that he did so that we get that life that he had. Um, it looks at deliberately creating times to relax, to just be with Jesus, to be with him, to have time to rest and relax and enjoy the world that he's given us and to refresh ourselves that day of rest that he gave us right back at the beginning of creation <clears throat> um, that time of sabbath that derek talked about last week um, we also looked a little bit at actually using this time um, of isolation of quarantine whatever you want to call it as um, a time of pressing a reset button looking at actually what was our lives like before what would we like them to look like afterwards would we like to deliberately take up that yoke not add the stuff that that comes with all that to our normal lives but to actually start something afresh start something different to live life the jesus way and sometimes we can think that living the lifestyle of jesus is something that's only for the special people um, but actually this is for all of us. It's for the weary, the worn out. Um, and it's living life as he would live it if he was in our position. Um, when we look at um, the Gospels, what we see is that the word withdrew. We're going to look this morning at withdrawing from the world. Um, the word withdrew was used an awful lot in the Gospels of Jesus. He was a very, very busy man in his earthly ministry but we see that actually he withdrew he had time alone with God on a very very regular basis and there's loads and loads of examples as we look through the Gospels um, this morning we're going to look at um, Matthew 14 um, we see in Matthew 14 that Jesus had heard that his cousin John the Baptist had been killed and then it says this verse 13 when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. So he'd gone away separating himself. And yet thousands of people we hear actually had followed him. What then happens is he had compassion on those people and he fed them. He taught them and he fed them. That's the feeding of the 5,000. So the time that he had set aside to be alone with God, with his disciples, had been interrupted. And Jesus had compassion and he loved them. But what immediately follows is that we see where his priority really lay. Verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. 
Later that night, he was there alone. So we see that this coming apart from people was really, really important to Jesus. At different times, we see him going away with just the 12 disciples, with three disciples on his own. But what we do see most of all is that he deliberately created um, margin and space to do those things. He was really, really intentional. Um, we notice it particularly that it's really recorded that after a very busy time, he carved out time to be with God alone. He carved out space in his schedule. In Mark 1, verses 33 to 38, we see that he'd been really, really busy and really successful. People have been healed. People have been hearing his message. But he then went away to pray on his own early in the morning. We see it other times late at night. The disciples, they just kind of found him and were like, come on, come back to all this busyness. Come back to this success that you're having. And he was like, no, actually, we have to follow what God is asking me to do. We do what my father is asking me to do. In Matthew 4, we see that he went off to the wilderness and faced Satan. And we saw that he withdrew when he was faced with John's um, imprisonment. We see lots of other times that are very similar, that it was really, really intentional. And the disciples noticed this so much that they actually said to him, can you teach us how to pray? They saw that this time alone, this time alone with God praying was so important and made such a difference in Jesus' life that that's what they wanted to see. And I'm going to suggest that this is actually a really important part of actually how we live our lives, how we live under that yoke of Jesus and actually how we we go forwards and grow. Now, I suggested a couple of weeks ago about using the picture of a trellis um, rather than a yoke because we don't see yoke these days, but we do see trellises. This is the one in our garden. And it's a structure that helps the plants to grow. We've looked at actually things like Sabbath. This morning we're specifically looking at things like silence and solitude, but there are plenty of others. Bible reading is something that we can do in that time of silence and solitude. Prayer, the same. These are things, not rules, not regulations. These are things to bring us closer to God, to allow us to grow. So one of those things is silence. And often in our really busy world, that silence is something that we need physically. Often when the silence going on, we turn a phone on, we look at um, videos, we listen to music, we have WhatsApp going ping, we have text messages going ping, video chats, reading, television, movies, news, and I'm sure you can fill in something else for yourself. And we get into such a habit of doing that that we don't have any space for silence. When we get silence, we sometimes think, oh, no, it's going to be boring. But actually boredom is sometimes something that creates inventiveness. And something that a lot of families are finding at the moment, that boredom is hard with kids. 
but it also is creating new games, new ways of contacting friends, new ways of being inventive. And it gives us space to listen to God. It gives us time to think, time to process what's been going on and time to listen to God. We see that Jesus even deliberately created space and silence in the middle of really busy times when he was talking to the, the woman called an adultery in John 8. There were people around him clamouring for all sorts, wanting to see him turn around and say, yes, stone her. But he didn't. He knelt down and he wrote on the ground. And I think that there was a, a part of that was actually a silence, a space of listening to God in the middle of that chaos, listening to the Father for actually how should he respond? What should he do in this scenario? I suppose there can be a real sense for each of us that our lives can be so busy and when things are really chaotic, finding a way of listening to the Father can be tricky. But actually that couple of minutes of silence here and there really allows us to do that if we're intentional about it. And that is something that I'm really hoping to build into my life more, to not deliberately pick up my Kindle the moment that I'm waiting in a queue, to not immediately turn on my phone the moment I'm sitting around and I've got five minutes to wait but actually to use that time to pray for the people that are around me. To use that time to listen to what God is saying for this scenario, for other families around me, for people that I'm meeting, for my own life. It's a really healthy practice to get into. Another one is solitude. Time alone with God. Solitude can bring us to a place of hearing God and knowing his priorities. And I think that's why Jesus was able to make those decisions on when to allow his space to be interrupted and when to say, no, I'm going somewhere else. Because he was listening to what God was saying. I only do what my father is doing. Let's see my father doing, he said. Now at the moment, Solitude is something which a lot of people have either got way too much of because they're living on their own and they're feeling lonely and they're feeling that they don't have choice in it. And there are other people who are feeling that they just have people around them 24-7, no space, no time, no opportunity to get any time alone, no matter what. Um, but this is not our long-term normal. And so this time can be a time of pressing a reset button. How do we want things to be after this? And we can set some of that in place now, or we can look at it as we go back into that normal. We see that Jesus generally, when he went alone, he literally went alone. Sometimes he spent time with two or three people. He spent time with those who were going to help him to listen to God, those he could help to listen to God. And I think our time now, particularly for me, what I'm finding is that this is a time when I can look at actually how do I want things to be afterwards? How can I use that solitary 
time alone with God, time to pray, time to listen, time to just get to know him better. How can I use that time? How can I set my life up so that that is one of my priorities, one of the bits of my trellis like this? And I think for me, what I'm looking at doing is actually building in something regular. Um, Derek last week talked about um, abandoning annually, having time away, holiday time, but time away for an extended time, once a year. We see that in the way that the, the Jewish um, calendar was set up, they had that. There were annual festivals, time of deliberately getting away to remember what God had done, to remember and re-engage with him. There was another thing Derek talked about was withdrawing weekly. The Jews had a weekly Sabbath, a weekly time, a bit more time where they actually spent time worshipping, recharging and uh, refreshing with God. And he talked about diverting daily. And again, those daily prayers, that daily time alone with God. With um, our home group, as quite a lot of people have been using the Lectio 365 app, uh, where Pete Gregg talks through things. And this morning's one, um, it came up. And Pete Gregg is talking in his book, How to Pray. Our, um, uh, he said, A place of prayer can often make it easier. Merely by showing up, you make a declaration of intent. You say, in effect, Lord, I don't want to be here, but I'm here. He said, this has often been my experience with daily devotions and appointments in 24-7 prayer rooms. But simply by showing up, I'm making myself available. And these are often the times when God meets me most powerfully. After decades of night and day prayer, I've come to believe 99% of it is just showing up, making the effort to become consciously present to the God who is present to us. And I think there is something so true about that, actually being deliberate, being intentional in creating that time of solitude, that space in our week, um, actually means that we are saying to God, look, I'm, I really want to hear from you. It puts our mind in a specific place. But often what happens is that our diaries get so full, or mine certainly does, and what I've been trying to do, because this is something that God's been talking to me about for the last year or so, um, not just the last couple of months, but actually trying to put space in my diary and then to honour that space. At times things have come up and in the same way that Jesus kind of moved that time, what I've done is literally moved that block of time in my diary to a different time in the week. Not cancelled it, but moved it. So I'm still prioritising that. And sometimes I do that really well and sometimes I'm really, really bad at it. But that's partly what this is about. It's about learning those things 
and putting in place things that help us to grow. All of those things that um, abandoning annually, withdrawing weekly and diverting daily, we do a lot of those things in, without thinking about it in order to build relationships with our friends, with our family. But we often don't think about doing that with God. And yet actually that's what this is about. It's about learning to live his life, that life of constant relationship with the God who loves us, who created us. So these things are just a part of building a relationship. It's not about the rules, it's about relationship. Um, so as we look at finishing this series, we have to remember we all live under some type of yoke, some type of rule, some type of set of assumptions. Jesus offers us an easier way of living that. It's an easy yoke. As I said the other week, Jesus doesn't promise us an easy life, but he does promise us an easy yoke. And like some kind of trellis, it gives us some structure to help growth. And that structure is going to look very, very different for each of us. It's not going to look the same for you as it looks for me. And it doesn't look the same now for me as it looked 10 years ago when I had children of a different age. I was working a different job, doing different things. And it won't look the same in 10 years time. When time is different again. So all of those things will make a difference. What I looked at a couple of weeks ago and suggested at the end was actually having some kind of card or letter to send to someone and say, actually, these are the things that I think God has been asking me to do. This is the structure that I would like to put in place for myself. Can you keep me accountable? Can you ask me how I'm doing with that? Can you ask me if that is working as a structure? Um, and for some people, you're going to be going, I just don't have any time to think about that at the moment. I fully appreciate that. And I am really grateful that at the moment I do, most of the time. Um, but actually, if things are too chaotic now to do that, put a reminder in your diary for a month's time, for two months' time, to look at it then. Half an hour, an hour maybe. And if things are still chaotic by that point, which I sincerely hope they won't be, then move it. Don't cancel it. Look at actually creating a way of doing these things. So as I hand back to Ben, for him to finish, um, what we're going to do this morning is to pray, to look forwards, to actually have a chance to think about how are you creating space and margin in your own life? Father, thank you this morning that you want to spend time with us. Help us to understand where that is so good for us. And that actually this is what creates um, an easy yoke for us. Rather than the hard and stressful yoke that we see in so much of what life puts on us. Lord, help us to find ways, creative ways, inventive ways of finding that silence and that solitude, that time that is with you, that prioritised time that's with you.
Thank you, Lord.